pre-draft off-season recap here. Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports joins us now. Uh, Eric, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. Obviously, it's a uh, strange time for everybody, so um, I'm hoping to provide a, a minute or two of distraction per day with my draft stuff, and then I'm doing something right, I guess. Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, everything goes well with the NFL season. Hopefully, it can start on time. It's obviously unknown at this point, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, hard to know what uh, what lies ahead. I think everybody's hoping to get through the next couple weeks, couple months, see where we stand, and then hopefully by the fall we've got college football, NFL, high school football, of course, too. So, yeah, all that will make us feel a little bit better, I think. For sure. All right, let's start in the AFC East. So the Patriots. Tom Brady obviously leaves. Um, I'm assuming Stidham will be the guy that did bring in Brian Hoyer. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that the Patriots will draft or could draft a quarterback in round one? Uh, round one? I don't know. I'm not in that camp. I mean, Bill Belichick has never used a first-round pick on a quarterback. Granted, you know, he hadn't drafted uh, a wide receiver until Nikhil Harry last year in round one. So it's it's possible. I, I think they, they're a trade-down candidate from 23. They don't have that second-round pick. They lost it in the, in the most new trade. So... There, there's a thinking out there that, you know, they, they could be somebody that moves down, tries to pick a day, a day two pick. I think they'll draft somebody, but more a middle round guy like a, like a James Morgan or, or, you know, Jake Fromm or somebody like that. Um, you know, might they be enticed by a, a Jordan Love or somebody? Perhaps. But, you know, I think they'll, they'll, they'll dip their toe in the water. I don't know if they'll go diving head first. Okay, let's go over to the Dolphins. Uh, this team... Obviously, I'd say that they overachieved last year. I think uh, Brian Flores is a uh, good head coach. Uh, early returns are pretty good there. Um, they Is there a chance? I know there's a lot of rumblings about them trading up to one. I don't see it happening personally. Do you think that they'll draft Tua in the first round if he falls to where they are, if they aren't able to move up? I really don't. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, of course, be stunned by it. But, uh, I mean, it's somebody they, they've done a lot of work on. I, I think they'll, you know, I think it'll go like this. I think they'll they'll make a big offer to Cincinnati or, or try to keep them on the phone as best they can here in the next couple of weeks and, and see what it'll take. Now, since he may tell him, you know, don't even call us back unless you move up from five. Right. So they may have to go to three first and then try to move up to one. And, and even if they do, they may not be able to get the deal done. Cause I think Cincinnati's asking price would be exorbitant and, you know, probably for a pretty good reason, too. So assuming they can't get that done, I mean, the quarterback who I think they feel most comfortable with is Justin Herbert. The question is, do they like him enough at five to take him there? I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. They've been pretty mum. You know, they, they've kept their thing, their plans close to the vest. They have a billion draft picks. So it, it's possible they could even pass on a quarterback at five, you know, with both Herbert and two on the board knowing that, you know, the Chargers will probably take one of those guys and that they could possibly move up from 18 to get one if, a little bit later if they want. It's it's all about how they want to attack the draft. They, there's really nothing they can't do given the draft pick ammunition they've got for 2020 and 2021. And this is an exciting team. I mean, they're, they're building something. Active in free agency, like you said, Flores and that staff did a great job in the second half of the season. I, I'm just fascinated. They control the draft. There's no question about that. How do you think, uh, before we move on to another team, how do you think their defense is going to look, you know, bringing in Byron Jones and Kyle Van Noy? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, obviously they've they've added some pieces there, and I don't think it's complete. You know, I think they still need to figure out 
you know, how good is Christian Wilkins? They need another defensive lineman up front. I'd love to see a pass rusher. I think they absolutely need somebody to get after the quarterback, you know, and then, you know, kind of the uncertainty at linebacker beyond Van Noy. They also brought in, uh, what's his name? Atlanta Roberts from New, from New England. But to me, he's a run stopper first. You know, I don't know that he's going to give you much in the passing game. Raekwon McMillian looked pretty good a couple years ago. Um, you know, the, the secondary could be a strength, obviously, with with Xavier Howard and uh, Byron Jones. I think they still have Eric Rowe on the roster. So, you know, there's some pieces back there, but they need a safety as well. And, and there's, there's still some work to do. All right, so let's go over to the Jets. Uh, they lose Robbie Anderson. He goes to Carolina. They bring in Brashad Perriman. They've d- been doing a lot of bringing back their own guys on defense. They did bring in some guys on the offensive line with George Fant, Greg Van Rotten, Connor McGovern. The big question for the Jets, they have the 11th pick. Do they go with an offensive lineman or do they go with a receiver? Yeah, that's that seems to be the question. I mean, I, I, I could see them falling in love with a Henry Ruggs and saying, all right, we want – a Tyreek Hill-like weapon. Obviously, they, they just don't have the explosiveness that you'd like to see. I mean, Perriman's a hit-or-miss guy. Quincy Anunua with the injuries. Jamison Crowder kind of is what he is at this point. You know, I mean, they just, other than, you know, it, assuming Le'Veon Bell isn't going to be the, the the dynamic guy we saw in Pittsburgh, they, they just don't have difference makers. So, yes, I could see them saying, we want that speed. We want to give Sam Darnold something else. But, you got to have blockers too. And all those guys you mentioned, you know, to me, their, their competition, I wouldn't say any of them should, should feel too comfortable about locking up a starting spot. Maybe McGovern wins the center job. I, I just don't know who their day one, you know, left tackle and right tackle are at this point. Chuma Idoga draft pick last year, maybe. Uh, I, I, it's still an unclear picture. So if the, if the tackle that they, like is still on the board at 11 it's going to be hard to pass up because there's receiver depth i don't think the offensive line depth is is quite as good in round two and beyond all right let's uh move on to the bills here last team in the division they were a playoff team last year they trade for stefan Diggs. they trade their first round pick yeah um do you think that they're going to be the favorite going into the season they could yeah i mean the way they they competed down the stretch and and just seemed to turn a corner obviously a lot depends on josh allen's development and you know i'd like to see them maybe add one more big receiver they have some some smaller quicker guys which are great but um i think they're looking at another tight end just because you know i mean dawson knox had a lot of drops last year and i like his talent but uh you know at least there's some continuity on the offensive line you know, the defense, they, they keep adding parts. I'd like to see them get a little better against the run than they were a year ago. But I don't know. There's 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 something here. And, and this coaching staff, I feel like, has kind of felt their way through it, too. I mean, Sean McDermott early in his career seemed to have trouble with some game management decisions and things like that. I didn't notice those as much last year. I mean, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I thought it was, a, it was an aggressive move to get digs, but a smart one. And, um, you know, I think in – you know, rounds two and beyond, they're going to add, you know, real specific pieces that fit their needs and, and maybe a, you know, a nickel safety. They've done a lot of work on the two small school kids, the uh, Jeremy Chin from South, uh, for Southern Illinois, excuse me, uh, the Lenore Ryan kid, Kyle Duggar, you know, that could be either one of them possibly could be on the board when they pick in the second round. They, you know, they, they don't really have any screaming loud needs right now. They can just pick guys that they really like who fit their system. All right. But before we move on to another uh, division, 
My last question for the AFC East is who do you like more going into year three? I know a lot of this can depend on the weapons that they have, but who do you like more going into year three uh, between Josh Allen and Sam Darnold? I mean, I had Sam rated higher coming out and you know, it's, it's obviously been a tricky evaluation given both of their circumstances, but I mean, if, if the jets do a good job in this draft and upgrade, I'll still say, I think he has the higher ceiling, but you know, Josh is a tough guy to prepare for. I mean, yes, the in- inaccuracy worries you, but but big athletic, strong arm guy has some still untapped upside, in my opinion. He's just fascinating in a lot of ways, even if he's far from perfect. All right, let's go to the AFC North. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, they spend some money. They bring in Jack Conklin, Austin Hooper. They bring in Andrew Billings and Carl Joseph on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they have the 10th pick. I assume they probably go offensive line if it's there. Someone like Tristan Wirfs. Uh, what do you think about what the uh, Browns will do in the draft? Yeah, if Wirfs is still on the board, he makes a lot of sense, I think. And and just from you know his workout at the combine, you know coming from an excellent program that that cranks out the offensive line talent like Iowa does, you know that would make sense because you know right now Chris Hubbard is you know, probably hanging on for his, his employment at this point. So I think they're going to look to add that piece. And, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that an analytics based front office would, would be, you know, enticed by, by worse having played both tackle spots tested through the roof, you know, high character, you know, all the things that I think they're, they're trying to go for there. So that's certainly one big need. I think they, they have. All right, the uh, Steelers. This is a team that I picked to win the division last year. That obviously did not uh, work out, but they do not have their first-round pick because they dealt that for Minka Fitzpatrick. So they bring in Eric Ebron offensively, uh, tight end. What do you think the Steelers look like going into the season with uh, Big Ben coming back? Yeah, I mean, I guess it, I I think they can get a good football player at 49 too. I mean, whether it's a you know, an offensive playmaker like a Jonathan Taylor or, a, you know, a, a wide receiver of some type or, or a pass rusher. I still think they can get some help in this draft. So, uh, you know, it was it was a move that paid off extremely well trading that pick. You know, Fitzpatrick steps right in as a, as a defensive playmaker. They were better on that side of the ball by, by a big margin. You have to figure Devin Bush is going to take a step up. You know, but the question, like you said, comes back to Ben. What kind of shape is he in? Do they have a a plan B for him. Is there somebody else on the roster? We saw, you know, Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges struggle last year. You know, I know Paxton Lynch is on the roster and everything, but still, I mean, the question is, do they, do they feel good about that backup spot knowing that Ben is, you know, 37 going on 38 injury prone, all that stuff. So I I don't know. Do they draft somebody? Do they bring in one of these free agents that's still out there? It's going to be a fascinating uh, situation to watch play out. All right. The Ravens, the team that won the division last year, Lamar Jackson, obviously uh, winning the MVP. They'll have the 28 pick. Uh, What do you think that they'll do there? And then uh, follow up on that. What do you think Lamar Jackson will do uh, post MVP season? Yeah, a couple positions stand out. I mean, obviously, pass rushers probably in need. Linebackers probably a spot they could afford to upgrade. You know that they would that would make sense. And then I would say the interior offensive line probably center or you know a couple spots that I've looked at. Um, you know, Skura is coming off the injury. They lose um, uh, the Pro Bowl guard. I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, yeah, the, that that guy. <laughs> we'll come up with it here in a second, but. Yeah, I mean, it's 
it's important to obviously protect your best investments, and that's Lamar, and he had a fantastic season. I mean, history says their offense isn't going to be as explosive. Number one, teams have more tape to look at now. They can kind of spend all offseason in these in these quarantines, uh, drawing up ways to, to slow him down. And, you know, teams might even draft defensive players specifically geared to, you know, especially in the division, right? You know, get athletic safeties who can uh, shadow him and spy him and things like that it wouldn't shock me at all to see a, a Lamar effect uh, on the teams that face them every year so yeah his numbers are going to go down I, I fully believe that so does that mean he's a worse quarterback of course not it just means that you know he's kind of returning to the mean a little bit and you know if, if they take a step forward in the playoffs you obviously consider it a team success and that's what's you know ultimately most important all right, to cap off this division, the Cincinnati Bengals, they have the number one pick. Um, I would assume that they're going to draft Joe Burrow there. They did bring in some guys defensively with McKenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, Von Bell, all guys in the secondary. Uh, so are you in the camp that they will keep the pick and take the Ohio kid, Joe Burrow? Yeah, the, the logic suggests that there was actually a relationship between those two things happening. You know, there were some questions that were kind of floating around the combine. Was Burrow sold on Cincinnati? Did he really want to play in his home state and all that, knowing, you know, that this is a franchise that's been sort of cloaked in, you know, either poor football or mediocre football, even in their better years. So I, I really think that when Mike Brown, the owner, was in on the Burrow meeting, and he was, I mean, that was that's been reported, I think. So, you know, they had to say, look, we're going to build up this defense. You're not going to have to come back from 14-point leads every game, and we're not going to put you in bad situations. And they and they backed it up by going out there and spending money that they typically don't spend in the free agent market. So, yeah, I mean, there's some some better pieces on defense now, and, and you've got some some second- and third-year guys who are intriguing, and, you know, Sam Hubbard and Jesse Bates and guys like that. And, you know, they drafted the Jermaine Pratt kid last year. He's an interesting player. You know, I we'll see what the results are going to end up being. But you get Burrow at one, you get a darn good football player at 33. You know, maybe the second year coaching staff has a little more, you know, their feet are a little more solidly underneath them. And, you know, a healthy A.J. Green can't hurt. So you get Green, Ross, Mixon, you know, obviously some of these pieces that are, uh, you know, that were that were not a part of the picture for part of the season last year. Jonah Williams back from injury. Maybe it's not a terrible football team. Maybe they're they're pretty competitive uh, in the right situation. All right, so yeah, the AFC North should be very competitive. All right, let's go over to the AFC South. The uh, Tennessee Titans, a team that made a run uh, to the AFC title game last year. They paid Ryan Tannehill. They franchise Derrick Henry. They lose Jack Conklin to Cleveland. Um, they have the 29th pick, so I'm assuming that it would make sense for them to try to find a replacement for Conklin um, on the O-line. It's certainly on their list. I mean, unless you feel like, you know, uh, Dennis Kelly is going to be your starter there. I know they re-signed him, but it was pretty, you know, pretty modest money. So offensive line has to be a concern there. They're just thin pretty much across the board. You know, Roger Saffold's getting older and guys like that. So, you know, I really think they could actually end up drafting multiple offensive linemen. I wouldn't put pass rusher past, you know, I mean, just because, you know, my mocks I look and I'm like you know is there is there a guy that I would trust here at offensive tackle over a pass rusher the talent you can't get later on I mean that's a debate they could have so O-line pass rush 
you know, maybe some secondary depth, knowing that some of these guys might be in their last year with the team, that sort of thing. Malcolm Butler has a big number, you know, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if they go secondary as well, but yeah, I think you're right. Figuring out who their right tackle is and then building up the depth inside are, are, are crucial. All right. Over the Texans, a team that has made some headlines uh, to say the least trading Deandre Hopkins to Arizona, a lot of weird things going down with Deshaun Watson, um, they get David Johnson as well. What do you think of when you look at the Texans right now? It's hard to know. And, you know, there's there's really two debates. You know, I mean, Bill O'Brien, the coach, has done pretty well for the most part. Bill O'Brien, the GM, you know, has, has raised levels of criticism for, for the moves he's made. And, you know, I think there, some of these are going to end up really coming back to bite him. Now, they picked up some players down the stretch last year who helped them. They won football games. You know, they had the big lead on the Chiefs. You know, there's some of what they've done has actually been pretty darn good, but you have to feel for Watson, right? I mean, he's, you know, he's he's in this situation. He kind of feels like he's alone. Will Fuller, you can't really count on him. I don't know how much Randall Cobb's going to really offer him. You know, Kenny Stills, it, the weapons have, have diminished a little bit. Um, you know, I understand the run game is important or they think it's important, whatever. I just sort of feel like with an offensive line that still hasn't quite found it's the right mix, you know, Deshaun is swimming upstream more than he has since he was a rookie. So this is, you know, this is clearly a step back in, in that department at the very least. All right. For the uh, Jaguars, uh, they bring in Joe Schobert, trying to figure out how to rebuild this defense a little bit. Um, still questions around what happens with Yannick and Gakwe. We'll see there. They traded uh, Nick Foles to Chicago. They have the ninth pick. Um, do you think that they go defense with that pick to try to, uh, you know, rebuild it a little bit. It's a little hard to say. I mean, you're right. I mean, obviously a lot of, a lot of balls are up in the air right now. I think if they can get a first round pick for Yannick and Gawkway, they'll probably end up doing it. And, you know, I didn't understand the Schobert move, but at the same time, you're trying to build a culture and build, you know, a, a, an identity on defense again after, you know, it looked like they were putting together a, a tremendous unit there a couple of years ago. So, hey, it's hard to say, you know, I mean, when you have multiple first-round picks, you have a little more flexibility. They can move up, down, stay where they are. Uh, defense, a possibility. You know, corner would make sense. C.J. Henderson certainly would be a, a guy I would look at if I were them. You know, their their corners are mostly slot guys. So I would love to see another outside guy there. And then and then at number 20, or, you know, if they go defense the first pick, they could come back and, and either help the offensive or defensive lines. It's hard to say. That's a you know that's a team that that looks on the outside like they're rebuilding, but you know this coaching staff and this front office may not be around to see that through. So you know they're going to win some games. what uh, we saw last this year in this you know in in deep pass his game anymore and i don't you know the arms that so and that and that coaching staff scouting 
at what players they need and spot was was kind of an ISO on the with Leonard and now they added Xavier but that'll be interesting. Maybe Malik Hooker puts it all together. I mean, there's there's a lot of young pieces on defense now that you get excited about. And maybe they draft a quarterback, too. I wouldn't put it past them. I would think, you know, especially if one that they like slips to a certain point, you know, they have the two second rounders, the 34th pick overall, too. They could they could trade back in around one if they like somebody enough. So, yeah, just, just still a very competitive, fascinating team. And, and the Rivers investment makes you think that they – you know, they clearly feel like they have a chance to win some games this year. All right, final division in the AFC, the AFC West, the defending champs, the uh, Chiefs. So they will obviously be at number 32 in the uh, in the draft. Um, this is an interesting team. They lose Kendall Fuller uh, to the Redskins. Um, what do you think about what they could do at 32, maybe take a corner or, uh, you know, try to help their defense? Yeah, cornerback makes sense, absolutely. Adding some size in the secondary. Uh, linebackers an area I would focus on too. I mean, they had some trouble, you know, covering some tight ends and backs and things like that. So I wouldn't be shocked to see another backer in the mix. And, you know, you have to decide if, if Chris Jones is, you know, going to stay long-term, if they can, they can afford both, you know, he and Mahomes getting extended this off season. Uh, I think they'll draft a tight end too. I mean, they just don't have depth there and, and you want to make sure that if Kelsey goes down, that you're not left with it, with a bare cupboard there. So, you know, offensively, I would say offensive line, tight end, make a lot of sense. Receiver, I think they'll add one more. Um, but, yeah, the secondary and linebacker are probably your more primary needs at this point. Running back, too. I, w- I wouldn't be stunned if they if they draft a runner in what looks like a decent class. All right, the Broncos, they bring in Melvin Gordon's now. They have a little bit of a uh, duo with Lindsey and Gordon at uh, running back. They have the 15th pick. They lose a couple guys on defense, Chris Harris, Derek Wolf. Um, what do you think the Broncos could do, and do you think that Drew Locke is the guy they're going into this year? Well, he is for this year, and and they'll find out. You know, I mean, this this year will tell us a lot. They didn't, you know, their investment in him was, you know, not huge. It was an early second round pick, and I think what it affords them to do is see if if Luck can take a step forward, build off, you know, four or five games last year where he looked pretty good. Not great. I thought he looked good. You know, but. I still wouldn't rule out them next year drafting a quarterback. So there's some pressure on him, and you got to give him weapons. You know, Fant looked good at times. They have the running back duo. You know, they've made some moves in the offensive line. Graham Glasgow there now. And, you know, I think the, the one thing missing is is probably that deep threat. If Ruggs is there, they got to think about it. Um, if not, then you're talking maybe a, a Brandon Ayuk or, or a, a K.J. Hamler in round two. Um you know, defensively, I would like to see a little more depth up front, but they still have Draymond Jones and, you know, Jarrell Casey came on board and Bradley Chubb's coming back. So I, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see if they can add. I mean, the secondary looks pretty sharp. Maybe one more linebacker, too. I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, give give uh, Josie Jewell a kind of a running mate inside. All right, the uh, Chargers, They uh, it looks like they likely go with Tyrod Taylor, um, as their quarterback to start the season, we'll see. Obviously, they lost Rivers to Indy. Uh, they have the sixth pick. Now, do you think they did bring in Brian Bulaga? Do you think they could go offensive line there, or let's say a guy like Justin Herbert is available at six? Could they go there as well? 
Yeah, it's possible. I think, you know, that's somebody they've probably done a lot of work on, you'd have to assume. And, and um, you know, I haven't talked to the team specifically about the quarterback position, but I, I would imagine that with only Tyrod and, and I think East and Stick, I think those are the only two guys they have on the roster right now. You have to add at least one more, whether it's a veteran, Cam Newton, whoever, or whether it's going to be the draft route. And, you know, they have to feel pretty excited about one of those guys to make sure they're picking them that high. It's hard to say, but I would say that they're in the market for a quarterback one way or the other. Tyrod probably gets first crack unless somebody like Newton comes on board. If it's, you know, somebody like Herbert, maybe there's a battle. I don't know. But, yeah, really interesting team because, you know, next year all these guys are coming up for free agency. They have a ton of, you know, Melvin Ingram, you know, Joey Bosa will be a year removed. So, uh, you know, they, they've upgraded with Linval Joseph. They've made some investments, and they clearly feel the pressure to win as they move into this bigger stadium they share with the Rams. And, you know, the fact that Anthony Lynn could go from second in the coach of the year voting the year before to have an answer questions about whether his job was on the line, I mean, that, that tells you the level of, of desperation that they have to, to build a winner and build it pretty quick. All right, uh, finally in the AFC West, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, gonna get gonna take some time to get used to that, but <laughs> they bring in Marcus Mariota, assuming that he's the backup uh, quarterback. Uh, they also brought in Eli Apple, Corey Littleton, a couple other guys on defense. They have two first-round picks. They have the one from the Khalil Mack trade and then their own. Now, I think it's pretty safe to say at 12, there's a good chance they go with a receiver. Obviously, you never know how the, the board shakes out, but... Um, what do you think about what they could do at number 12 and then number 19? Yeah, there's room for a receiver, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, they have a lot of twos and threes at that position. You'd love to have, you know, somebody to kind of bring that unit all together. You know, obviously the tight end spot looks pretty good. Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, Jason Witten. They're going to use a lot of two tight end sets. But if you're going to do that, I think you want somebody who can be that receiver who can, you know, who stays on the field 65 plays a game and, and draws coverage away. So, yeah, wide receiver absolutely makes sense. I've heard a lot of rumbling about them wanting to trade down from 19. They don't have a second rounder, but I think they have two thirds. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, so they want to probably look to move back at that point. Otherwise, cornerback is a spot you may want to look at. I mean, even with Apple coming on, Trayvon Mullen, you know, I thought looked pretty good last year from what I saw. You know, they still have a couple other guys at that position that they, I think they're, you know, somewhat invested in. But I would say another safety, another corner, possibly another, you know, D lineman, interior guy or something like that. Uh, th- those could all be on the menu. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, let's go over to the NFC now. The NFC East, the Cowboys is where we will start there. Um, They bring in Mike McCarthy as their head coach. They have the 17th pick of the draft this year. They did lose Byron Jones in the secondary. They brought in 
Um, ha ha Clinton Dix in the back end on a one year. They paid a lot of money to Amari Cooper. They franchised Dak Prescott remains to be seen what happens there. But uh, for the Cowboys, what do you think their offense will look like with McCarthy taking over in year one? And what do you think they could do? Maybe, maybe get an edge rusher around number 17. Yeah. I mean, do they, do they kind of go against what McCarthy has done at times, which is to throw more and run less and, you know, what, what are the, the roles of the receivers? I think Michael Gallup could be one of the, the benefactors here. I think our beneficiaries, I should say. And, but yeah, I'd like to see them at it receiver. I think they're, they're pretty thin after you get past the top couple guys. I'd like to see a, you know, a slot option in there and some, some, some depth. This is a pretty good draft for that. You know, I mean, the offensive line, even with, you know, the, you know, losing Travis Frederick to, to retirement, I think for the most part is in decent shape. You have Connor McGovern, you have Joe Looney, guys who can play center. You know, the offense isn't really what I'm worried about. They'll score points. The question is on defense for me. Yeah, um, the Redskins, uh, this is a fascinating team in D.C. because they have the number two pick. A lot of people a few months ago probably would have said Chase Young would be the guy there, but they could really make some noise that they draft a quarterback there. And then also, do you think that they could trade Trent Williams? Yeah, the Trent Williams thing is going to happen at some point, I assume. Because, you know, what what good is it to have him on the roster for another year and not have him play? At some point, they're going to either lower their asking price or somebody is going to say, you know, we missed out on a tackle or we don't think we're going to get one. Let's let's make that deal. So that'll happen at some point, I assume. Um I think Chase Young still is a strong op- option for them. I really think that, you know, when it comes down to it, especially in this offseason, the inability to meet with Tua Tagovailoa to maybe even watch him work out, to see what, how well he's progressing. I know all the positive, you know, I talked to his doctor and he, he said the other day he could play if it was, you know, starting camp right now. That's great. But the team doctor is the one who ends up making that decision. So this offseason changes everything. To me, the most likely options are them staying and taking Chase Young or trading down if the right team wants to move up. All right, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Now, this team has the 21st pick. We've known over the last couple of years they've been fairly thin at wide receivers, especially last year. It uh, was a weird season for them. They trade for Darius Slay in their secondary. They have the 21st pick. Um, I think that it's likely that they would draft a receiver, don't you think? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, you know, and somebody who's reliable, too. I mean, I'd... You know, they, they desperately need speed. Uh, you know, I don't know if Deshaun is, is in the picture at all. I don't know if Alshon Jeffrey's in the picture, if they're going to let him go after the draft or something. So, you know, you don't really know what you have in, in our Sega white side at this point. M- receiver absolutely makes sense. You know, is Greg Ward, did, did, what did he show at the end of the year? Is that is that translatable to a full season? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So, yeah, somebody like a Justin Jefferson would make sense. You know, maybe if you're looking for a little more of a Jeffrey replacement, maybe that's Denzel Mims. So, yeah, if they don't go receiver in round one, you can bet they'll address it for sure in round two. All right. The uh, Giants, to cap off the NFC East, they spent some money on defense. They bring in uh, Blake Martinez and Kyler Fackrell from Green Bay, and then they paid James Bradbury in the back end. Um, They have the number four pick. It feels like they have been a team that, you know, you look at maybe getting offensive line. I know their offensive line was horrendous a few years ago. It seems like it's gotten better. Um, but what do you think about what they could do at four? 
Offensive line is a possibility. Now, Dave Gettleman's never taken one that high. I think Will Hernandez was the highest he's ever drafted, which was number 34, I think, overall. So, you know, you have to keep that in mind. And he might be in his last year's GM. You know, does he go, you know, sort of the the Mike McCagnan route and, and kind of surprise everybody with some of his picks? I don't know. So, Isaiah Simmons, I think they'll look at him. You know, if you want to call him the the Saquon Barkley of defense, you could. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're talking about: explosive athletic ability. You know, still some refinement needed in his game, but a, but a rare athlete that that I think would tempt them. So that that's that's a pivot point of the draft, and that's gonna 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 change how the top ten looks. I think after New York picks. All right, on to the NFC North, the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, they lose Brian Bulaga, Blake Martinez. They bring in Christian Kirksey, Rick Wagner, Devin Funchess. Uh, they will have the number 29 or number 30 pick, I should say. Um, as a Packer fan, I've kind of wanted to see them maybe get a receiver there. I don't know that it's going to happen at this point, uh, but what do you think Green Bay does at 30? Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they end up going with you know, let's say a defensive lineman or something like that. I, I, you know, I, you worry a little bit about the depth there, you know, just sort of putting in the pieces a little bit and and trying to figure out how they can divvy up all those reps up front. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, Receiver has to be on the list, you know, and obviously if if somebody like Jefferson is there to me would make be a no brainer just because his, his reliability factor and knowing how tough Aaron can be on, on young receivers. I would think that makes some sense. So, yeah, it's it's hard to know what's going to be there at 30 by the time they pick. Would they be aggressive like they were, you know, in, in, in Goody's first draft, you know, and move up and down the board and, and do stuff like that? Or do they feel like the draft can kind of come to them a little? So so we'll see. Yeah, I, I think I think D-line, receiver, possibly some offensive line depth as well. You know, those would all be options for them in the early rounds. All right, on to the Bears. They do not have their first-round pick uh, because of the Cleo Mack trade. They released Leonard Floyd. They've had a weird offseason. Uh, they paid Robert Quinn just a weird, questionable signing with Jimmy Graham. I don't really understand that, uh, <laughs> watching him over the last few years. But um, what do you think their plan is at quarterback with Trubisky and Foles? Because I'd have to think that there will be some sort of competition for this. I don't even know how training camp and OTAs and all that are going to work, but – do you think Trubisky starts to start the season? I, I don't know at this point. You know, I think there's there are two minds. One is that they they go out and get Foles because he's got some familiarity with the the Nagy Peterson Andy Reid you know uh, system that I think is translatable in a lot of ways. So that's you know if 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 you're gonna do that, this is the off season to do it where you know time is at the s above the is of the essence. Excuse me, and they may not be able to meet you know, with a proper off season. So that's, that'll hurt his chances. But at the same time, it, Trubisky's confidence is just such a big question mark right now. I think they'd love for it to, to challenge him and push him, but how much challenging and pushing do you need? Shouldn't he have already had that, that sense of urgency having coming off the, the playoff loss? I don't know. So last year really kind of threw their whole operation into the, you know, uh, into the spin cycle a little bit. And, I would be shocked if Foles doesn't get an opportunity at some point, and it obviously wouldn't stun me if it was week one. All right, uh, let's go to the Vikings. They uh, paid Michael Pierce on their D-line. Uh, they got the uh, first-round pick in the Stephon Diggs trade, which I think that the Vikings, 
end of the Stefan Diggs trade was very, very good. They get a first-round pick there. They have 22 and 25. And with a receiver class as deep as this, they could try to replace Stefan Diggs in some way. And first-round pick, you look at like a Denzel Mims or a Justin Jefferson or someone like that. What do you think about the Vikings? Yeah, Mims makes a lot of sense. He's somebody they've done work on. And, and you know, you want to... You know, you want to be able to threaten downfield. I don't think you're going to get Adam Thielen to do that and, you know, B.C. Johnson and guys like that. So, yeah, I would think that that Mims is somebody who absolutely tempts them. You know, corner is an issue all of a sudden. You know, they haven't, you know, kept that that core in place. So adding another cornerback, it wouldn't shock me if they go receiver and corner in some order. And, you know, the question is, it's probably receiver first, corner second, if that's the way it works out. Uh, just because I think they would fear, you know, some team kind of jumping in between them and those the the New England pick, New England's look to trade it down. You know, it wouldn't shock me if somebody tried to kind of get ahead of them if they passed on the right receiver. All right, let's cap off the NFC North here with the Detroit Lions, who have had their typical weird offseason signs of former Patriots uh, go from there. Uh, they have the number three pick. Do you think there's a chance that the Lions could trade back, or do they take like if Chase Young is still there somehow or like a uh, Jeffrey Okuda or someone like that. Yeah, they probably have more former Patriots than the Patriots have current Patriots, I think. Yep, you know, probably. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, it's obviously going to depend on what happens at two. I mean, it, it, assuming Burrow goes – well, Burrow's going to go one one way or the other. Then if Chase Young is gone, I think, I think if there is no trade-down option, they would sit there and take Okuda. You know, if Miami were to come up or, or possibly the Chargers, I think they would feel pretty good about the possibility of doing that and, and still getting a good player five or six. So I think they have to set their sights on adding a quarter without Slay there. You know, it, it just makes sense. I don't think Desmond Trufant can give you that level of, of comfort, you know, or, or any of these other guys they have there, some nickel options like Coleman and Jamal Agnew and people like that. So, yeah, I, I would say cornerback is an absolute need, but that that pass rusher spot too. They have to they have to upgrade that for, you know, for this is Matt Patricia's baby, right? He's supposed to be the defensive coach, and they weren't very good on defense, especially in the second half of the season. Yeah, uh, should be interesting to see how the NFC North. Uh, goes this season NFC South now the uh, Buccaneers who have been a trending team now with Tom Brady uh, coming in how good do you think this offense can be and then with the 14th pick do you think they go offensive line and I'd assume at some point they're going to need to address the running back position I would think so too I mean I think they'll be a good one for them at 45 you know they're picking in the middle of the second round so yeah at that point I think they're going to have you know, maybe not their choice of backs because one or two could be off the board at that point. But, yeah, they can absolutely upgrade that spot, whether it's, a, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, give Brady that that great receiver out of the backfield. You know, let Ronald Jones be your, your first and second down guy maybe. But, yeah, you know, even with Joe Haig, I would think it's still a consideration. They just need depth in that offensive line. They should draft probably more than one, I would think. So, you know, they've added a lot of pieces in the secondary the last couple of years. Still hasn't been a great group, so it wouldn't stun me if they went that route. Probably have to guard against, you know, future losses of, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul and, and Dominican Sue and people like that. You know, William Golston's been around for a while. You know, Vita Vea sort of hitting across crossroads of his career. He's played pretty well, I would say. But, you know, I would think drafting some front seven talent as well, but... Who knows? I'm fascinated. You know, Byron Leftwich and, you know, I mean, and 
Tom Brady working together and Bruce Arians and those receivers, it could be great. Or Brady could fall off a cliff. We just don't know. Do I think he will? Probably not. But you know, I'm really gonna be gonna be uh, the the team that has the, the most eyes it's had on him probably since winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, should be interesting to see what happens in Tampa uh, with the Saints. They added Emmanuel Sanders, a veteran uh, receiver there. They have the 24th pick in the draft. Um, what do you think they do with that pick? I know there were some people who mocked them to take a receiver. Uh, we'll see there, but maybe they could go with a linebacker, someone like that. I know there's two big linebackers in this draft um, in the mid part of the first round with Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray. What do you think about the Saints at 24? Yeah, both those guys make a lot of sense. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see either one of them be the 24th pick. Uh, you know, getting Sanders allowed them to feel be- a little better about their receiving core now. And, you know, you have a top three. I don't think they're – I think they'll take one, but they don't have a second-round pick. And if there's a position you're going to wait on, I guess, you know, wide receiver is probably it. Although linebacker is pretty deep too. So, yeah, I mean, assuming that, that both Queen and um, Murray are on the board, yeah, the, the, that could be the option there uh probably still need to you know at least think about you know all this talk about Taysom Hill is he truly your guy maybe maybe not I don't know they have to probably you know consider adding a quarterback to the draft as well but yeah they're they're still going to be a dangerous team no doubt about it all right over to the Panthers they will have year one uh head coach Matt Rule there for them in Carolina they had Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback they uh, part ways with Cam Newton. They bring in Robbie Anderson, a um, receiver there. They lose some pieces as well, uh, veteran pieces, Gerald McCoy and others. But um, number seven pick, it's interesting to see what they will do. Do you think that they go with someone on defense, or could they still take a quarterback, which I doubt now? But what do you think the Panthers do at seven? Yeah, I think you can rule out a quarterback at seven. At some point down the road, could you know, in the draft, could they take one? Sure, absolutely. But they're a trade back candidate at seven. If there's somebody worth coming up for, um, I think they'll listen to offers. That was kind of the word coming out of the combine. You know, it was clear to me even before they let Cam Newton go that this was a rebuilding situation. And you know, to me, the Anderson signing didn't make a ton of sense to me. But okay, fine. You give Teddy Bridgewater a weapon. You know, I'm not convinced that they're going to keep Christian McCaffrey after this year. He could be a trade option, so drafting a running back would make some sense. This is probably a pretty good year to get one. I don't know. This is a team that that Matt Rule is going to get a chance to to kind of mold out of clay a little bit and have his say on who stays and who goes. So, you know, defensively there's some holes. Offensively it's an incomplete picture. They really have everything on the table, and I wouldn't be shocked to see you know, Rule bring in some former Baylor players, some former Temple guys he had, you know, I don't know like a Matt Hennessy or somebody like that. Or, uh, you know, I, there's just a lot of directions they can go, and I don't think they're married to any one of them. I, I believe they're going to look more long term with this draft and find the best players they can and the ones who fit their culture, and less about filling specific holes. Because, look. They're not winning the Super Bowl next year, and and I think that's gonna ha- gonna be how they approach this draft, and it may end up turning out really well for them in the long run. They may get better players because they're not reaching for need. All right, uh, capping off the NFC South, the Falcons. They um they have a lot of former first round picks on offense to say the least. There, uh, Todd Gurley comes in, Dante Fowler on defense, sixteenth pick in the draft. Do you think the Falcons need to make the playoffs to save Dan Quinn's job? 
I would think so. And adding that extra team obviously helps them and, you know, helps other teams that are kind of on that, you know, in that, that middle class or lower middle class as they try to take a step up. So, yeah, I mean, they've, I, they've got, you know, I thought it was a strange move bringing in Hayden Hurst. You had that second round pick that felt like it could have been used a little differently, but we'll see. I liked Hurst coming out too. So maybe he's, you know, he's somebody they can still find a role for. He's not going to be as, as, you know, as good as Hooper was, in my opinion. But, yeah, I mean, obviously the talent on offense kind of speaks for itself. Do I, I think they'll they'll draft a running back to give some insurance behind Gurley? Yes, I do. But the bigger needs would, would appear to be another pass rusher to add to the mix, you know, some more linebacker depth, and probably at least one more cornerback. I just don't feel great about the top of their depth chart right now with you know, what is it, Isaiah Oliver, you know, they had the Kendall Sheffield kid they drafted last year, you know, Jordan Miller they took a pick on. I, I just, I, I would feel a lot better if I knew who their starting cornerbacks would be. All right, NFC West, the uh, 49ers, the represent uh, representative team in the uh, Super Bowl uh, last season, they have a tremendous defense. We know this. They trade for the 13th pick. Uh, they moved Buckner to Indy. Um, do you think that they could go with a receiver at 13, maybe like a Jerry Judy or a CD lamb, depending on where those guys fall on the board? Yeah. I mean, you know, there was always talk about Kyle Shanahan loving Odell Beckham. I mean, in my opinion, Judy is not Beckham, but he is a cheaper, lower head, you know, case version of him where you could do some of the same stuff. And, and so that, that makes a lot of sense to me, right? Hurd comes back. Debo keeps growing in his role. He becomes a little more reliable and, and less uh, turnover prone and things like that. He was a, he's a special talent, in my opinion. You know, you're starting to put something together with Kittle and those offensive linemen. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo was leading by 10 in the in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. So, you know, they, they made, a, I think, a smart move to keep giving him the ball and giving themselves an option with Nick Mullins. So, more weapons on offense, probably some help at corner, and and one or two pieces along the way, and, and they should be right back in the mix. All right, the um, Arizona Cardinals, they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, they have the eighth pick in the draft. I feel like with them, their offense is going to be pretty dynamic, I'd say, with all the pieces that they have. Um, you know, giving Kyler Murray year two, he looked pretty good last year, I think, uh, giving him DeAndre Hopkins. And then with the eighth pick, maybe they go on defense, on the defensive side of the ball, if an Isaiah Simmons is still there or someone like that. What do you think about uh, Arizona at pick eight? Yeah, Simmons would be great. I, I mean, who who knows if he's going to be there or not? I've had him there a couple mocks, and, and, you know, if that played out, they were the worst team defending tight ends last year. That, that would be, you know, exactly what you'd want to see. Um, so, but I completely understand the move for Hopkins and, and that's going to be so fun to watch them, you know, uh, Larry, Deandre, Christian Kirk, you know, the two draft picks from last year, Butler and Isabella, you know, that's, that's some juice right there. And you don't really need to go crazy at tight end with those guys. And with, you know, what I think could be, you know, a, a pretty special offense if Kyler Murray takes the step forward that, that I think he can. So yeah, defense. Defense makes a ton of sense. Safety, linebacker, defensive front certainly needs a little help. Um, this is a team that I think a lot of people are going to pick to be that 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 riser, even in a tough division. I, I think they they could take that 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 proverbial step up. 
All right, the uh, Los Angeles Rams, a lot of restructuring being done there. They released Clay Matthews after one season. They released Todd Gurley. They lose uh, Corey Littleton and Dante Fowler. I don't have a clue what this Rams team is going to look like this season. Uh, what do you think about the Rams? I don't either. I mean, they convinced Andrew Whitworth to come back, and you know he must feel pretty good about things or really want to play football and you know, it's hard to know. I mean, obviously with McVay there, they'll have a chance. They still have some good talent at receiver and we'll see what they, you know, do they keep Brandon Cooks or, or find a way to get his number down? That sort of thing. Cooper Cup will be back and healthy. That helps. So offensive line, I mean, you know, they have all these parts that they couldn't quite figure out exactly what to do with. And so I don't know that it's a glaring need, but they want to make sure they can identify who their starting five is and, and, who their their flexibility guys are there. So that's that's still lingering concern. I love Higby. He broke out at the end of the year. I think he can be a weapon. Defensively, though, I don't know. It just, like you said, it's it's very confusing. Leonard Floyd, prove it type of deal, although he's getting pretty good money. Um, you know, you, you lose Littleton. I, I, you know, you get Brockers back. That was kind of a weird deal. I assume they can count on him. But I would think pass rusher, secondary has to be on the list. Um, and then, you know, maybe just adding, I wouldn't be shocked if they draft a quarterback too. Just look, I know Guff's on the big deal, but I think they want to, you know, they, they love to give him a little, you know, a young guy to develop maybe later in the draft, but they're just short on picks right now. All right. Finally, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, it looks like they might lose Javion Clowney. I'm not sure what's going to happen uh, there. They have the 27th pick in the draft. Um, do you think that they could go defense with that 27th pick to kind of uh, get a guy on the edge potentially? That would make sense, right? I mean, you know, Collier didn't work out last year as a first round pick too soon to give up on him. You know, I, Bruce Irvin is what he is. Some of the guys they have some interior guys who are pretty good, but really finding somebody on the edge would be, would be crucial. And, you know, after that point, you know, I don't, no, this is the draft to go find one of those. So if they don't trade down like they often do, and that's they're one of the notorious end of round one trade down teams, you know, I would see say that finding a guy like Yitor Gross Matos or, or Terrell Lewis from Alabama, kind of those long twitchy guys that they seem to like, that would make a ton of sense. And they'd really need to find people who can eat up those reps because I just don't know what you have and. In some of those other parts, Collier's a, a tough read right now. Is he ever going to be good? One season wasn't promising. So, Rasheem Green, other guys, it just it's it's an incomplete picture right now. All right, well that'll do it for this. Uh, the draft is April twenty third. Um, thanks for doing this, Eric, and hopefully we can catch up again soon. You can follow him at Eric underscore Ed Holm on Twitter, Yahoo Sports. Uh, thanks for doing this, and hope we can talk again soon. You got it, buddy.